This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. Well, welcome to this preview podcast of Boreham Wood. I am Jay Long. I'm joined by Mark Griffiths. This, I've not jumped onto one of these uh, preview podcasts in a long time, Mark, but with this game being so big on Monday, I just had to. I know, I know. It, it, it is feeling massive now, isn't it? Um, there's a lot of hard work to do, but like, Saturday really broke this league wide open, didn't it? Oh, it, it, it certainly did, and now it's looking a lot more competitive than it has been for some time. And it's getting quite frightening now. We could actually do it. But we are playing the guys who beat Stockport on Saturday, which is yeah. quite funny. And if they play like they did against Stockport, let's hope we don't go one or two goals down. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd say that anyway, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a proper test. I mean, we got three games left. I mean, I did it at the start of the podcast, but it's worth reiterating for a preview that the situation now is that if we win our three remaining games, Stockport can afford no further slip-ups. They'll lose to us if we win our game against them, obviously, but they, they can't afford any further slip-ups. And that's why it's just crucial that we're able to get something out of Bournemouth away, which is tough, as you just said. They've just beaten Stockport. And Dagenham away, which is tough, because they are now chasing... The playoffs, I'd love Chesterfield to do us a double favour tomorrow by winning, and not only to beat Stockport, but also to dampen Dagenham's hopes of catching them. But we've got really tough games coming. They've got really tough games coming, and whoever holds their nerve wins the title now. It's changed to that extent. Yeah, it has. It, It really has changed dramatically this last week. But... Again, I like to reiterate that Boreham was a very well organized side. And I, I know I say, you say, oh, I wouldn't want to go one or two down against any side, but I wouldn't want to go one or two down against Boreham in particular because they are very organized, yeah. you know, very basic. They're not, you know, they're meat and potato football, aren't they? It's, they don't seem to do anything special. The only thing I think is they are lacking in that top quality striker like they had in Shimanga last season. I think if they had Shimanga this season, they would have been even scarier for us. Uh, yeah, it, it's weird how they fall into pieces, isn't it, really? Mm. Um, I mean, they've, they've, this is their 50th game of the season tomorrow. And still, despite the fact that they suddenly started losing games hand over fist after we started beating, uh, beating them, um, they've, they've got the second best defence in a division. As you say, they're tough to break down. And they've only let in more than two goals still in two games this season out of 50 or 49. And that was the two against us. So let's hope we can break them down. I mean, you say about them being meat and potato style football. Yeah, you're right. I've got to say that I think they've developed a lot from what they used to be, which was a real extreme Route 1 team. And at the start of the season, they looked to be playing a bit more football than they are right now. I'd even say in the FA Trophy game, they were looking to get the ball down and move it around more. But they seem to have reverted back to a... Well, certainly in the second game against us, they really went long ball, didn't they? Really root one, and it didn't work. And I suppose you can't take much from the Chesterfield game because that was hit them on the break and then fight like hell to try and survive, which they did 
really, really well. So I just hope they've exhausted themselves doing that, to be perfectly honest. Well, since that um, last game we played them, they went 10 games without a win, didn't they? Um, losing to Dover, losing to Aldershot, losing to Wealdstone. Uh, losing to Southend, losing to Barnet, you know, games at the beginning of the season you would have nailed on for them to definitely win. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, that they, they, they've pulled up and really turned up against Stockport, thankfully. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're an organised side. I think anyone who watched the game on Saturday after the Wrexham game for, is going to go into this thinking, yeah, this will be a challenging test for Wrexham. It's important that we really get them on the back foot straight away like we did in the home leg. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, they got a lot of big, strong defenders. They got they're going to be able to repel long balls into the box. We've got to try and get a grip on the middle of the pitch, and we've got to try and force them back. I must say something I felt watching the Stockport game, and it was something that gave me a, a massive amount of hope. If I'm honest, is that we we look a lot calmer when the chips are down and Stockport currently do. Possibly because we've had to fight back a lot this season, get a lot of late goals. The team believes they can do it and the fans believe they can do it. Um, Stockport, I thought, looked a little panicky when they found themselves behind. The crowd, unlike the Wrexham crowd, I mean, the Dover game is obviously an example, the crowd really didn't like it. Did they? They, didn't, they, they were right behind them until they went behind. Uh, booing Connor Jennings when he came off was remarkable. And I, I, well, I was I was encouraged by that. They look like a team that are, are shell shocked a bit. Can't quite believe what's happening to them. They've lost what is it? Three of the last five. Uh, and I hate to say I told you so, but I said once we batter them, they might crack. And they, they certainly are showing signs of that, aren't they? Although, you know, there's there's still time for them to turn it around. Yeah. Oh, there's certainly time for them to turn it around, but it's looking a bit more promising in Wrexham's favour, I must say. It's starting to get a bit excited now, but let's go back to Boreham Wood. Is there any key players for them who you like to look at? I, I quite like the look of their goalkeeper, Nathan Ashmore. I think he's a good keeper for this level. He's a personality keeper, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, I've seen him have ropey games, but I've also, and I think this is more relevant for us, seen him rise to the occasion he's sort of like a clutch goalkeeper in, in big occasions he can be the sort of guy who really stands up to it uh, I, I get the feeling he's the sort of fella who and I'm not saying this critically I'm saying this admiringly quite likes to deny the other side when they're big you know this idea of being motivated by playing for the giant colours so I remember him playing in that mad game at Ebbsfleet where they didn't warm up and he really wasn't great at all. But I also remember him uh, having a lot of games where his shot stopping can be second to none. Uh, he's very agile. He makes decisive decisions. He's brave. That can, that can rebound on you sometimes. But he's the sort of bloke, I think, who turns up on a big occasion. So he's going to relish, I think, having all those Wrexham fans behind him. And the centre-backs are huge. Yeah. Massive players. I mean, Will Evans has had problems against us in the past playing for Chesterfield. Uh, because he's, I mean, he's done very well for Bournemouth. He's he's massive. He's decisive. He's terrific physical force. Ollie Palmer is is likewise, but he'd he'd have trouble just out muscling Evans. Evans is a real unit. 
as is Stevens. But um, he's very slow, Evans, on a turn. Will we look to be trying to exploit that? Jamal Fifield, of course, we know. What a, wow, never knew you could take a goal like yeah. that. It was a great finish, wasn't it? And then they've got energy in midfield. Yeah. I really want to point out a particular person in midfield, which is um, Conley. Remember, Conley came on as a sub against us as a centre-back and everybody thought he was the worst right. player they'd ever seen. And I was saying at the time, I think it's just because they've thrown him in, in a, a part of the pitch where it's just not his position and he's been caught cold because we're outplaying them because he was very good yesterday in midfield where he should be playing. And I think he showed what he's got and I'm sure he'll be keen to do that again against us, especially as you'll remember all the laughter ringing in his ears and the humiliating fact that they put him on yeah. as a centre-back and then moved him across to try and get him out of those sort of positions because he was having an absolute nightmare. And then the other one, and the one that, would it not for the fact that I'm happy with our options, is perhaps the National League player I'd most want to buy, is Mendy, Mundy, rather, um, who... Again, for, against us last season for Wheelstone, of course, scored a worldie and he's fabulous going forwards. But I thought yesterday he showed he, he can defend as well. You know, he's not just a wing back who will get up the pitch and loves attacking, but then he doesn't like getting back and doing the dirty work, defending their penalty area. I thought he was superb. And when Crankshaw came on, uh, he was just hitting shots from outside the box because he, if he tried to take on Monday, he was going nowhere. So I was hugely impressed with him. I, I should also mention, I suppose, sorry, I'm banging on here. Um, apart from Scott Bowden, obviously, who we all know about and he scored against us. Um, Denon Lewis, the guy who scored the first goal, plays also for Wilson. They've got both of them from that, them. And I remember the start of last season, he really troubled us. And I was impressed with him. And I was slightly surprised to see he didn't seem to ha have a big season after that. He went to Borenwood. He's done all right for them. He hasn't scored that many goals, but I wasn't surprised to see how calm he was with his goal yesterday. I think he's one of those players who's got a bit of quality about him. So I, I really respect their team. But having said that, he only used one sub, which is slightly surprising. Uh, I wonder if they'll feel they need to rotate. And indeed, I don't know what you think, Jay, if Wrexham will feel the need to rotate. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's a tough one, really. Uh, I think he's laggy in the midfield, really, because I'd like to see Tom O'Connor play this game. So I think he'd be able to find those killer passes to Ollie Palmer and to Mullin. You know, he's got that real quality on them. I'm not saying young Davis, James Jones don't, but I think he would really bring quality in the middle of the midfield to, just to you know keep the game going it'd be nice to see more of him yeah I, I've been thinking the same I got all right rotation firstly who might I want to see coming in I was glad to see Bryce Susanna get 20 minutes and look good so hopefully he's sharp enough I think to be fair to McElindon he had a bad game at Woking at left wing back and, and I, I always want to point out I don't consider that his position you know He's 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 good with the going forward part of it. Usually, uh, defending it isn't so natural. To be fair to him, I think he did well after. Well, the whole team had a poor start at Weymouth, and he did well um, in the South End game. In fact, ironically, I thought he defended very well. Actually, wasn't much of a threat going forwards unusually, but 
nonetheless, I mean, Hosanna is a specialist in that position, so I'd be curious to see whether Parkinson wants to make an alteration there. And then O'Connor. I mean, these two, he's only had 18 minutes over these last two games, but oh, he, he looks so good, doesn't he? His quality on the ball is wonderful. And, and yeah, you're right. In a game like this, having someone who's so calm on the ball, who's able to, to slot the ball forwards and combine with people, looks promising. Looking at who could be rotated, obviously, I have no access to the sports science and essentially that and how players are feeling is what will dictate it. But, <laughs> okay. James Jones, when we make changes in midfield, often is the one who sacrificed and he wasn't. Is that because his battling qualities were perfect for that, that game? Or is it because maybe they're thinking they'll give him a rest because he runs so much and O'Connor will get a 90 so he can have the 90 on Saturday? Davis was ill in the week, of course, and he's not long back from a calf injury. So I understand the desire to bring him off. Hopefully he's fine. And that's just, well, no, I don't think it was brought off because he wasn't okay. But I hope that he's able to put in 90 minutes on the Monday, if necessary. Um, Hall Johnson being taken off was interesting with 20 minutes left. And he was left out the previous Saturday, which, which maybe, uh, sorry, on Tuesday, which maybe implies that uh, Phil Parkinson thinks he, he looks a bit tired and needs a bit of a break as well. Hosanna might come in on the right, possibly. Um, don't think we've got much scope to rotate at centre-back at the moment, really, have we? And no. I can't no. imagine Palmer or Mullen seeing the funny side of being rotated out. Uh, all the Wrexham fans are seeing the funny side of that. So I suspect that, you know, unless James Milner suddenly makes a, a remarkable move that the authorities for some reason allow, we're not going to have much to rotate in, I think. Yeah. It would only be Tom Connor or one of the left, uh, the wing backs, wouldn't it? That'd, that'd be the only reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what you suspect. I mean, Jarvis. Um, but yeah. I think Parkinson trusts Jarvis. I know he's not had that many starts, but I think he does trust him. Um, but he'd be in for Palmer or Mullin. I don't think he'd be going Jarvis in midfield for a game like this. You might do if we get well on top of them. Um, but, you know, if, if it turns into what we were like against Stockport, I thought Stockport's tactical changes hampered them. They just, it seemed a little bit panicky yeah. and they were going more and more for, oh, let, let's throw another attacking player on for a defensive player, get Ash Palmer off, get a striker on. Um, and they just lost their shape. They, they were doing things they don't train. And they therefore were just it was a bit desperate. Um, whereas we tend to make more subtle adjustments. All right, then, uh, you know, a centre mid off, Dan Jarvis in midfield because he's actually more attack minded, a left wing back off, Linden at left wing back because he's more attack minded. And that means we can still carry on doing the same things, but we've got more aggressive players in certain positions. But this isn't that sort of game. So I, 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 don't, I can't see Jarvis starting it, but I do think Parkinson rates him. I don't think there's any question about that. Well, yeah, I think we stick Jarvis on if it's 60, 65, 70 minutes and it's looking like we need another goal to either cement the game or to to win the game. You stick Jarvis on as a bit of a game changer, super sub, don't you? And I think he's been effective in that role this season. And so, last season, yeah. remember last season, and last season, was, yeah, he was he was tremendous, wasn't he? We had that fantastic late win. I take that, but I'd rather we didn't leave it that late. And uh, Jarvis came on at half time and set up a goal and was excellent. If you remember, we were losing two 0 at half time, and we came yeah. 
and Hall Johnson scored too. Ponticelli scored that fabulous header when he headed it back across the keeper. But Jarvis was massive on that. He was coming on a half-time and drifting around and creating. So he's got good memories of Meadow Park. Yeah, so so is Ponticelli from last season as well. Of course, yeah. yeah. He scored the header, yeah. So... uh, uh, Let's hope. Let's hope it's not as dramatic as last season's game. Yeah. Let's hope it's more like the, the the home game this season, where we we are just completely battering them from pillar to post. I think if you go one nil down against the side like Borenwood, it could be a real task to get back into it. So my analysis would be get at them, try and get a goal as early as possible, but not panic like Stockport did. Um, we've got the quality. We could we could beat these. Um, but it's it's certainly not going to be an easy task. I admire Borenwood. I, I off the pitch, there are certain things about them that I, I'm not so sure about. But on the pitch, I've consistently sort of admired them. I think they they know what they're doing. They're well organised. I think Garrard knows what he's doing. The manager. Um, I do admire them, and I think this is tough. But mm. Stockport, uh, <laughs> I've got a tough game. Quite frankly. And, uh, you know, we need to look at this as an opportunity. Play first, go top, whack the pressure back on them. You know, they're away to Chesterfield who are fighting now, as you pointed out quite rightly at the end of the game uh, yesterday. Uh, Chesterfield are fighting like heck now. They're in the bottom playoff spot. They're only four points ahead of Dagenham. They need a win. And that's not, you know, so that's going to be interesting for Stockport because Chesterfield are going to come at them Massively, it'll be going to be an interesting game. That oh, yeah, and I, f- I think a draw, even a draw, would be quite good for us. Uh, oh. in that game, like I say, if it's a draw, then we well, okay, if we win and Chesterfield draw, it's in our hands. We beat Chesterfield, yeah. Stockport, and we'd be what five points clear of them. They got a game in hand, that's not useful when you're five points behind. So and also you'll be talking about goal difference. Uh, that's that uh, Weymouth game has done us a, a hell of a lot of good. So we're now only two goals behind them on goal difference, aren't we? They're on plus four. Oh, sorry, three. They're on plus forty-eight. We're on plus forty-five. Well, if we're going to win our three games, and I think that is a requirement, we're going to have a goal difference that will improve by at least three. And if they're going to drop some points. Well, that, that, you know, okay, they may win the other games, but you know, we may well have a better goal difference then by the end. But it comes if it comes down to to that. So, no, we just got to keep this momentum going. We we are having to fight more for our results now, aren't we? But and and it will be tough, and Dagonal will be tough, and obviously Stockport's tough. But that's that's a hell of an opportunity, isn't it, to to take them down? Um, note of caution: if if Monday goes badly, Stockport can win the title at the racecourse. So let's make sure Monday goes well. Uh, I, I, I 100% concur. And I say this, this run of three games that we have to win to win the league starts tomorrow. And um, it's a, certainly a tough task, but to, to cover it, there'll be live match center on and the Twitter for all updates. There's going to be commentary as well on Rex and player, all that good stuff. Look at all the media, all the stuff the media team's coming out with and also Dragon Heart next Friday. I mm. uh, really enjoyed doing this on Mark. I haven't been able to do as many um, preview shows recently, but always a pleasure.
Excellent. That's what we have a, a very joyous dragon art this week, eh? This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.